wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, and it's here on this very podcast where each and every week we talk about the latest and greatest in PlayStation each and every week. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Kyle. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you doing, buddy? I screwed up the intro because I didn't say the greatest co-host whoever is, whoever was. It's fine. People know already. You know what? They should. And our <laughs> special guest this week, sir, may you introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? It's Steve Fontana of Nintendo Dual Screens Podcast and DualScreens.com and kind of funny best friend to all. How is everybody? How are you guys doing? Man. Hey, I'm so happy you're here, Steve. <sighs> it's been a week. Like it's it, been, it hasn't stopped. It just keeps oh. going. We oh, went to yeah. PAX this week. Yeah. We did. So we're going to do this episode a little bit in reverse. Usually we talk about the games we've been playing. Because we've been playing so many games at PAX, we decided we're going to save that goodness to later on in the show. Instead, we're going to just start with the news right off the gate. Steven, are you ready? Oh, I, I was so... I, I, I mean, this is, I, this is episode 86. I don't know if you know that. That is my birth year. That is one of my lucky numbers, Ooh. and everywhere I go, the number eighty six follows me somewhere. So I gotta actually let you know. I gotta let you know something. It's probably not episode eighty six, and I forgot. Joe probably forgot to it, it still says it up there, and I'm still still. <laughs> we'll stick it's with still it. Good luck for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle, are you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. So, before we talk about the latest and greatest we've been playing at PAX, before we talk about Borderlands three, before we talk about what happened to Anthem, Kyle. Talk to me. What's our first story on the Goobers? Well, it's it's a new segment, <gasps> Joe. It's called Shoe Giveth and Shoe Taketh Away. What does Shoe give us this week? This Goober comes from Polygon. The title is PlayStation Store now offers refunds on pre-orders and faulty content. Hooray! So, Sony Interactive Entertainment updated its PlayStation Store cancellation and refund policy this week, giving customers the option to receive refunds on pre-orders and on content deemed faulty. According to PlayStation's new cancellation policy, customers can request a refund of any pre-ordered purchases up until release day, provided that you have not started downloading or streaming it. After that release date, customers can still request a refund up to 14 days after payment was taken for the pre-order, provided that you have not started downloading or streaming the content to your device, Sony says. Customers can request refunds on other purchases, including full games, downloadable content, themes, avatars, and season passes within 14 days. If you started to download or stream the purchase content, you are not eligible for a refund unless the content is faulty, Sony says. The support website does not specify what constitutes faulty content. In most cases, it appears that refunds will go back into a customer's PlayStation wallet. So this is pretty dope news. And to me, it's a little weird that they announced this on April Fool's Day. Mm. Mm -hmm. And like, it's the weirdest thing. Now, this is, I think, uh, Jim Ryan's first day on the job. April Fool's to everybody and him. God, this guy has the worst luck. But this is the coolest news so far, right? We're able to finally start returning games. This has been something I've been bitching about for months, Steve, is how we need to be able to return our games. If digital is the future... We need to, we we need to be a part of that future. We like we see it with Xbox, we see it with Steam. What did you take this news? I'm gonna go with you, Steve. How do you feel about this news, man? Um, well, the fact that you, if you started downloading it or or streaming it, 
then you're not eligible for the refund mm-hmm. um, unless, of course, it's broken. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a backhanded compliment in a way. It's like, okay, we're going to start offering you refunds, but there's a nice little caveat here in which is it's not if you don't like the game. It's not if the game sucks. It's um, just if before you decide to play the game, you don't want that game maybe based on reviews yeah. or – Based on the fact, like, if you're one of those pre-purchasing type people that are like, I can't wait for this to download to my console on the night of the release, and then, you know, maybe something crazy happens, or you just don't want to support that dev anymore because they delayed the game six times, which, that, that to me is the biggest one, because this allows players to vote with their wallet a lot earlier and give an actual um, forecast for these developers and publishers, because if they think they can get away with continuously delaying or, or showing as little of the game as possible or or something like that, they have another thing coming if you can ask for your refunds ahead of time. Um, the biggest thing I think, uh, one of the biggest games I think that would have, I felt, would have suffered for this is Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, because, why do you say that, sir? Because everybody pre-ordered that based on the previous game and the very little cinematics that they showed and just based mm-hmm. off of the hype. And when it came out, it was as much of a masterpiece as it was. It was also incredibly divisive. Right. And I, for example, canceled my pre-order at GameStop because it just does not seem like a game for me. I, I While I love cinematic adventures and stuff like that, I like them more where you're actually like, playing the game and having fun as opposed to living the life of somebody trying to avoid dysentery. Like I, you know, I, I just, no, yeah. It it forgot. It was, it it forgot. It was supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be fun. Right. Right. Exactly. So what you're getting at is this is a good first step, but you'd like to see something a little bit more like what Xbox has over there, where if you play a game within two hours, you have the opportunity to return it. Or, or if they do something like, um, first of all, I think every game should have a demo. That's number mm-hmm. one. Okay. If every if every game would just have a demo where you could play the first like half an hour. So of the Steve game, Fontana, you're running for president right now. I'm running this for president of, is... of Shuhei Enterprises. Okay. Um, I just I just want them like if there was like a half an hour or a one hour time demo where you can download the game, play the game, and if you don't like it, fine, whatever, delete the demo. Right. Um, I think that would solve a lot more of the problems than than this is going to do what they're what they're doing now. Um, but it, yes, it is a ne- it's a necessary good first step. Um, what about you, Kyle? What do you think about it? I I agree. It is a good first step, but there's a lot of very uh, corporate talk in there, right? Well, you, like you talk about li- faultiness. Faultiness, yeah, and just repeating it over and over again. Like, listen, you can only get a refund until unless. You didn't start downloading it or or streaming it, which, sure, it's great. It, like Steven said, it's a great first step. But I also agree with you, Joe. I, I wish it was more like Microsoft or Steam where you can play a little bit mm-hmm. and see how it is. And like Steven said, if they just do demos for sure, that'd be great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, to go along with the faultiness, I, I really think they should put out there what constitutes a game being faulty. Is it just the servers aren't working? Is like is this an anthem situation? Exactly. Where yeah. like you have so they people... just put if your game runs like anthem, then it's <laughs> examples anthem <laughs> Fallout seventy six. Yeah. Um, no, I feel you. There's just like I, I like the demo idea, where I think 
as we're getting into that digital future, and I think we're seeing them a lot with betas, but I would like to see that with every game, Steve. I think you're dead on right. Is that like, yeah, this two-hour rule is great and everything, but I've heard a lot of indie games, like a lot of indie walking sims, that they're like, yeah, but you could beat our game in 45 minutes. So theoretically, you beat our game and you just refund the money. That's a that's a, that's something I like to call a dick move. Well, then then it should scale to what the game is. But like, how do, how do you set that scale, right? Is it like, oh, your game is because then then you have to like publicly, I, I mean, maybe it's more disclosure, but like then you have to go. Well, this game's only forty five minutes, so you get five minutes, right? Yeah, maybe they can just do like a percentage thing. Like you or can maybe play up to a certain percentage of the game before mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, or, or maybe you just you don't do it for those smaller games, and you realize, hey, the game's ten bucks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a sixty dollar investment, or in some cases with Anthem, like a hundred dollar investment if you're getting these super souped up bonus whatever editions mm. of the games. You know, right. I, I think it, it. I think what they need to do is protect the consumer a little bit more. Um, because there are more g- good and honest people and gamers out there than yeah. there are dishonest gamers. And just because you're protecting against the few um, doesn't mean you should punish the many. Yeah, I feel you. And I, I'm also thinking that the little economy that is based in the PSN, where it is the shovelware that is the like IMAO type of games, where mm. they're literally just like, you turn the game on and you get a platinum. Right, those type of games would take a huge. Listen, hit, my thumb got that's... a workout, Joe. Playing oh my <laughs> You know, Kyle, I've learned so much about you the past few days. <laughs> I just wish I had. You know, <sighs> but I do okay. think this shows that the future. You know, we were talking about this last week with Emmett, where we were talking about how, you know, the reason why they were getting rid of digital coats at GameStop and at retails, and I think this kind of just outlines the reason as to why. Because it is way easier just to refund you credit than to try to refund a code, right? I just think, like, again, whatever algorithm, whatever engineer problems that they run into with trying to figure out codes and all that, it's way easier just to say, here, just here's, here's, a, here's a refund, a digital point, whatever the hell it is. I think, though I would like it to be better, I actually think, Steve... You're right. I, I would like to see more demos. I would like to see more, I guess, an overhaul to the marketplace where you get to see the game and have the game showcase a bit better where it is right now. Where you like you see a, a trailer or two and a screenshot and that's it, right? Okay. Maybe we have a more robust marketplace, but again, we're going into the PlayStation 5. Let's hope it's there. You mentioned before, you mentioned the whole beta situation with mm-hmm. Anthem. Now... In my opinion, the beta is completely pointless outside of just doing stress tests for their servers because it is abundantly clear that that game wasn't ready to come out and they did not care. Like, players voiced their opinions based on that beta and everybody was like, oh, no, it'll be, they'll fix all that by the time it comes out. And you're like, well, the game's coming out in two weeks and the things we're complaining about are fundamental game, d- d- game design choices. Yeah. And maybe that's something that they should iron out before they put this to the public. That's that's why I'm I'm a proponent. Like I really like early access stuff. If okay. they called this Anthem early access, I would get I would have gave them thirty forty bucks for it mm-hmm. because th- I know that in the long run, they know that they have a lot of stuff to fix. They're not pretending they have a finished product. Yeah. But and oh, trust and me, we'll get there. To, 
to bring this around to to the current yeah. conversation, yeah. which is the re- the reason why I brought it up, is this is not coincidental that they're putting this in after Anthem was breaking PS4s, even though the rumor is now that it wasn't, but still. It, it, if it's if it's happened to people, if it's if it's resetting consoles or whatever the hell it's doing, right. hard crashing consoles left and right, maybe this kind of forced their hand to say, hey, if the biggest company on one of the biggest video game companies on planet Earth can put out a game that breaks people's systems, maybe we should protect the consumers a little bit more. I think I think it is to me. I think it's a bit incidental, but I think Anthem was the thing that like the straw that broke the camel's back of like. Okay, yeah, no, we definitely need to do this now uh, more than right. ever. Like, I think this was something that was in the pipeline for a few months. They saw Anthem. They're like, okay, yeah, no, we definitely need to do this. Because I'm with you right there, dude. I pre-ordered the game. Um, I wish I didn't. I wish I got my money back. Uh, I wish I could have returned it. Because, I, uh, you know, we're going to get into the weeds here. I know there's a few people that enjoy that game. But the game should not have been out the way it shipped. But with that. We'll, we'll get to that. This is going to be a very heated talk later. <laughs> she took it away mm-hmm. something, Kyle. Oh. He did. Uh, Drive Club shuts down in 2020. This also comes from Polygon. The servers for Drive Club, Drive Club VR, and Drive Club Bikes will all go dark on March 31st, 2020. Before then, August 31st, 2019, the games and all of their DLC will be delisted from the PlayStation Network store. After all this goes down, only the single-player modes will be playable. For a game predicated so much on multiplayer interaction, that ain't much. And of course, all the social components are no more, too. Drive Club launched in 2014, but like many online-dependent games, buckled under the load from a large community at launch. For weeks after its launch, the game was still struggling with features and performance promised in E3 hype reels. Weather effects, for example, didn't join the game until more than two months after launch. Sony promised a PlayStation Plus edition of the game to subscribers. It took almost a year to deliver it. Drive Club's last update came in March 2016 with the final DLC pack for the game. The same day, Sony announced that developer Evolution Studios would be shut down. So this sucks. And my only yeah. question is like, well, like I just I, I look at this. I'm just like, why? What's the point? I don't shut understand. Down the servers? I was just shutting, not just shutting off the servers, but like, dude, getting rid of the whole entire game like it didn't even exist. Kyle, what, what the what the hell's going on over there at Shoe Enterprises? I, I honestly, I never understood why they wanted to make a Drive Club uh, exclusive PlayStation game to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just because like Sony's got Gran Turismo as an right. exclusive, and uh, it just it seemed weird to me off the bat and. I, I think it's just kind of like it was the messy game, and it started with PlayStation Four when it launched, and it still has the ties to it. Um, yeah, but like even though the game sucked or whatever the case may be, which yeah. I hear this game got better over time. Sure, it's great. Though the game didn't launch in the best terms, doesn't the game still have the right to exist? Man, it feels like we're having like an AI conversation right now. Doesn't uh, have a right to exist, <laughs> Kyle. I mean, sure, and it still kind of does. You can still play the single player stuff, but like you won't be able to play with other others online, which is But like what if I want to go purchase the like game? That. What if I was what if I was like the five people out there that really enjoyed Drive Club? Sure. And I was just like I really oh, dang it, I lost my copy. 
let me go download it. I'm screwed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Steve, you, you know got what? some thoughts. You, you look like you got some thoughts. It, it it works the other way around, man. You can't make a business decision for the few when the many, are, you know, are your are paying your bills. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, the five people they want to play it. That's great. Don't worry. So here at PlayStation, we're gonna have plenty of titles for you to play, such as our upcoming title, Gran Turismo Shibudububu Online, Skibidi Bop Bop, and yeah. then there you go. The kids are happy again because they have. You know the next evolution of Gran Turismo, which is probably going to be online anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think these these ebbs and flows in the industry come and go. The biggest thing is is them shutting down Evolution. That was yeah. kind of. I, I don't. Un- I, I can understand if a studio is incompetent and makes bad decisions and makes a bad game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe you want to cut them loose. But I feel like as a publisher you kind of have a responsibility to give that studio all of the tools to do the best job possible. And as you don't think Sony did that for, for evolution. I I just know that nine times out of 10, these stories come down where the publisher has unreasonable expectations. So I don't know if that's the case here, but it's the, when you're asking a video game studio of 50 to 150 people to make a triple a you know massive game like a gran turismo or a forza and that's just the the racing genre yeah, but yeah. Yeah. trust you know, me you're, you you're talking to the wrong guy that knows racing i have i have <laughs> right. no idea never right. played drive club didn't care didn't pick up gran turismo i haven't played a gran turismo since like ps2 so it's been a while there's a reason cars. why Mario Kart is the king of kart racers. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why all the other ones fall to the wayside to the king of it all. It's because it's really hard to be the best. So if you're going to attempt to make something that is a triple A massive experience, I think you need to put a little bit more you need to be you need to have the capability um to say, okay, this isn't ready. But, you, not, but do you think that this is a troubling sign of like, just again, we're heading into that digital p- future and they're kind of pulling the rug out from under you? Like, what if this was a game that that you really did enjoy? Like, let's just say like, it's Uncharted 1 they're yanking out. Like, would that mm. not get you where it hurts, where you live? I mean, yes, but you could also <laughs> yeah. still play Uncharted without online servers. Right, but what if they're just I, like, and you're not even going to allow to buy it because yeah, because they because they said they're delisting Drive Club. So exactly, we're, we're assuming they're delisting Uncharted One. Yeah, in this in this case, I think if Uncharted One was garbage, it would be a it would be a different story. Right. Um, but no, assuming that I'm in love with the game, yeah, it it would suck. But you know, like I said, it's just you can't you can't make decisions based on. On the few, you kind of have to look out for the majority here, yeah. and yeah, you know. and I, f- I feel at that point, if you already love the game, you already own it. Okay, I, I don't, I don't think there's not many, there's not a huge population of gamers out there that have waited. What was it, 2016? Three years to hop mm-hmm. on the Drive Club train. I right. think if they were going to get it by now, they would have gotten it. Yeah, no, have, that's yeah. Go for it, Steve. I have the perfect, perfect example Go here. Go for it, please. Yeah. Okay, back in the day. My college days, my freshman year of college, I think it was 2005, City of Heroes came out. Yeah, right? I know someone who loves it, a good old City of Heroes. MMORPG, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that game. Sure. And the way NCSoft 
created that game, you cannot even there is no data for that game. Yeah. There's no way that a person can even with the disc in hand replicate it offline. Like they can't even make fake servers because all of the content in that game was live on their server. Everything mm. that that they programmed was on that server. It was never downloaded to your computer. Um, so now with that they unplugged the the they unplugged and wiped the servers. Mm. That game no longer exists. So there's companies out there that are trying to rebuild it one line of code at a time. Holy shit. <laughs> and because the people really love this fucking game. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if we could curse. Oh, oh no, you can say fucking shit. Yeah. And you can say okay, like, right, my right, president's right. right. Um, or something obvious. And uh, <laughs> so to that, to that point, yeah, it mm. breaks my heart that a game that I loved so much <clears throat> that did have a pretty good fan base. I mean, those servers were full all the time, Yeah, but it wasn't a financial, it wasn't a, a smart financial decision for, for play nc and nc soft or whatever the hell it was yeah. to to make it anymore so if you uh, hear the sirens that's on my end the cops are coming for me they're coming to get you <laughs> andy called the cops he's sick of it he's real Finally. sick of it um so yeah no i listen i agree i think um i saw a lot of overreacting around this news i think yeah it's it sucks for the people that do enjoy it but sony doesn't owe you anything to keep these games up and again, you have to kind of look at it through their lens and what they're looking at is probably the people that are complaining about this game being delisted don't even own the game. Mm-hmm. Like they're putting the servers down for a reason. Like I love Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2 for what I played of it. But when the servers were closing down of Gravity Rush 2, I was just like, I get it. Like, <laughs> like not enough yeah. people were playing. I get it. Like I love on the original Xbox Duke controller in hand, okay? Hop in my car here for a second. I'll take you for a ride. Brute Force. (laughs) Brute Force was a game, and it was terrible. It was budget Mass Effect. That's what my memory... Memory serves right, but I love that game. Guess what? They never made a Brute Force 2, but if they did, let me know in the comment section down below. And guess what? I'm fine. I'm fine with the memories of Brute Force, Right, like yeah, there's like a lot of like SNES games or N64 games I remember and I love and I cherish, but that's it. It's over now. Like this PlayStation Classic, great, great example. But like I'm playing Cypher Filter, I'm like, yeah, this is fun for five minutes and then I'm done. Like to me, I understand the preservation aspect, but I don't think we should just be preserving anything for the sake of preservation like i think we should be preserving uncharted one uncharted two uncharted three instead of preserving brute force right or drive club like one day world of warcraft servers are going going under but that's not anytime soon so i'm fine with not playing wow at the moment but knowing that one day i i can jump back in i have a, a good at least 10 year roadmap with that game if I ever wanted to jump back in. But if I don't, I remember the fun times with that game. So I don't think, like, again, the panic is, oh my God, like, I don't think they're going to be delisting The Last of Us anytime soon. I think everybody's got to just settle down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, that's good. Kyle, this is your news story, man. Oh, oh I'm so excited. Uh, welcome to the hype train starring uh, Who That Ninja. Uh, this next goober comes from Polygon. Uh, Borderlands Remaster coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One in April. 
Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, the remastered release, is coming to PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One on April 3rd. As we are recording, you can download this now. The package will include all of Borderlands DLC, the Zombie Island of Dr. Ned, Mad Moxie's Underdome Riot, the Secret Armory of General Knox, and Claptrap's, Claptrap's New Robot Revolution. Borderlands Game of the Year Edition will be a visually remastered version of the game with upgraded lighting, character models, and textures. PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X versions ugh, of ugh. the game. I'm sorry, support... I didn't that part out. I'm sorry. <laughs> support Oof. 4K resolution and HDR lighting. Disgusting. The remaster will also support four-player split-screens co-op. Other mm. improvements to coming in Borderlands Game of the Year include a tougher final boss battle and new character customizations for Vault Hunters. Give it to me now. It's down- actually, it's downloading as we speak. Okay, well, Kyle, <laughs> but you told me not to do this because right now you can go and you can download Borderlands 2. You told me it's a better game. Go get Borderlands 2. Oh, yes. 100% Borderlands 2. But well, I know what's going one. on in Borderlands 2. Would you play with me, Kyle? Yes, I already said I will play with you in Borderlands. You say a lot of things, Kyle. You say a lot of things. I just don't believe. But this is good for for people who who did not play the first one and hopped on to two. Okay. Just because there are characters that show up in two that are the playable characters in one, and they have a bigger role in two, mm. uh, which is which is great. But Borderlands One is a game that I never fully finished. Um, it's well, don't I'm you want to go back in with me, bro? In Borderlands, I want to go back in with you in Borderlands too. Okay, all right. That's what that's what I want to do. Steve, where are you on this remastered game of the year, whatever the fuck we're calling it, Steve? Um, I mean, it's great. Uh, I don't think I'll. I don't. I don't want to are do you, it. Are you Borderlands I, guy? I do. I love Borderlands. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. I I skipped Borderlands, the first one, okay. and I don't know why. It was just many many people did. Yeah, it just eluded me. Borderlands two. Uh, I played all the way through with my cousin either when he was sleeping over, we were couch co-oping, or when he – I he actually – I don't know if I bought him or he bought me or whatever it was. We bought each other at some point a copy of it so we could play together online. And I can't tell you how many times we have fallen asleep on the other end, like just playing till like 5.30 in the morning. And then all of a sudden, my cousin is just standing there staring at a wall. I'm like, Rich, what are you doing? And he's like <laughs> – I'm like, all right, I guess it's nighttime. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to shut this thing off. I love Borderlands. I think mm-hmm. everything about the game is the the design choices in that game were executed perfectly, mm-hmm. absolutely awesome. perfectly. So um, the writing is writing yeah. is top notch, and I feel like a lot of people yeah. that I know yeah. who have played this a little bit don't give that enough credit. The writing in these games are great. Okay, so my question for you, uh, Steve, were you in the convention? Like, were you in the room when they announced Borderlands? Yeah or nay? No, I, uh, we had an appointment. We I were know. thinking about skipping the appointment. I know someone who did. Oh, do you? He's in this fucking room right now, this son of a guy. What? So, Kyle, you were in this room for this next announcement, for all the announcements, actually. Yeah. Would you like to, would you like to say your piece? Uh, Would you like to, well, first read this bit of news and then talk to me about absolutely. your experience? Uh, the next bit of, bit of news is uh, Borderlands 3 is finally confirmed. Uh, this yeah. particular paragraph comes from GameSpot. Game Gearbox Software has officially announced Borderlands 3 during its conference at PAX East. The trailer showed vast lands that players will be able to explore, lots of guns raining from the sky, and reintroduces Lilith as a key figure in the Borderlands series. We also saw the newest Vault Hunters, one of which... 
once of which, one of which can summon multiple ethereal arms to kick some butt. Borderlands 3 will come out on September 13th, 2019. Yeah, so like Joe said, I was in the room during this press conference. I'm going to air quote that. Oh, boy. Because that was a weird conference. That was just yeah. a weird thing. It, Randy Pitchford just did a magic trick for like 20 minutes. And it was it was awkward. It was weird. Um, they announced some other really cool things like Risk of Rain 2. A lot of people were excited about. Okay. Um Bullet Storm Duke Nukem edition. We like, can stop the there. Switch. We don't need to. We don't need to uh, talk about that. <laughs> but we all were there because we wanted to see Borderlands Three. Mm-hmm. And yes, they did. They tried the Borderlands One announcement remaster thing, but mm-hmm. the technical issues wouldn't let that happen during the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we saw it, like I, w- I had goosebumps the entire time. I was yelling and, and screaming in excitement. There's a gun with legs, which is awesome. Yo, that uh, trailer was dope. <laughs> The trailer's fantastic, yeah. and it's. Some people said it's a little bit samey. It's like the other ones. That's fine by me because Borderlands is is the aesthetic is classic. That yeah. that is a style of game that ages extremely well. Again, and, I'm I, I wasn't on my A game making the notes this week. I apologize, Steve. Because uh-huh. um, there was like this Polygon article was like we weren't impressed of, of what we saw, and you talked about like it being more the same. Is that like like what what is your take on that article? Or that hot take? I think that's. I think it's garbage. It's, yes, I've never been impressed by a Polygon article in my life. <laughs> Not even with yeah. these two I I took. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's more of the same. But that's a good thing when it comes to Borderlands because mm. the gameplay is so great. The characters are usually great, uh, and there are some little hints in there that show how much they've added on to it. Right, like they say in this one. Um, Vast lands that players will be able to explore, and so they they said there was a uh, um, ultimate collector's edition, like diamond mm-hmm. loot box edition. Right, and in there is there says a galaxy map. So does this tell us that we're going to hop between different worlds and planets? That'd be awesome. They That's have dope. one of the tales from the Borderlands characters. It was in this trailer, mm-hmm. which is dope. Um, it just it's Borderlands three, and it's finally here. I can't nice. wait. It's this year. It's it's incredible. September thirteenth, awesome. twenty nineteen. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Borderlands three colon hold my beer because yes. they are about to take Anthem, Destiny, yes. Division to school. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I like I like the way that they approach this game too because they just straight up called it a looter shooter. I think like yes. in in the trailer it was like the original looter shooter. So they're not here to like. Oh, I fucking hate that name. But like they're not here to to reinvent the wheel. They made the wheel already. They're just yep. like, here's more Borderlands. And like it's solve it's going to solve the problem that I feel like for the most part all these you know games of service games. I'm not we need okay, audience, look at me. I'm Dick Captain now. Um we need to find a new name that's better than looter shooter. It's too punny, it's too rhymy. And I fucking hate it. So we can we can do something. We're a clever bunch. Nonetheless, though, how like, about the treasure pleasure genre? <laughs> Take me the pleasure town. All right, I, we'll, we'll workshop it. Okay. But um, yeah, like a lot of these problems have a problem with being able to play solo. In this game, that's not going to be an issue ever. There's no. another issue of loot, and there's literally a bajillion weapons in the game. So I'm pumped. I love the yeah. cover of this game. Oh beautiful it's like it's like the the catholic jesus i can't like i am so surprised 
where like there's not like a, a group that's up upset. Like I like you know like some type of like Catholics for Borderlands are yeah, they're, they're out, out there, there probably. Yeah, I, I think I vaguely saw there. somebody upset because it was like a Buddhist thing. Oh, uh, like there was something with the Buddhist. No, I thought that's like a Jesus thing with the heart. Uh, Always freaked so me out when I was a kid. Sacred heart. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that's why I never followed Catholicism. I was like, I don't want to see a fucking beating heart in front of me. Are you kidding me? I get it. <laughs> What's a priest gonna do? Kali Ma and like rip my fucking heart out? I don't want anything to do with this. Anyway, <clears throat> my issue with Catholicism aside, <laughs> I'm pumped for this game. I'm ready. Kyle, we're playing this together, day one. Yeah, as soon as soon as you buy Borderlands 2 Handsome Collection, I, I will play with you. I need money to, okay, to do that, fair. to make that possible. Fair. Oh, hey, uh, yes. uh, Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Go to Best Buy's, uh, or not Best Buy, Target. Go to Target's uh, clearance. Like, they put a pile of games in the back wall. Mm-hmm. You oh, can okay. find the Handsome Collection there for like 10 bucks. I was yeah. going to say, if you go to Best Buy, you're going to find a couple other things. But you know what? This isn't a Nintendo show because Ooh. we're not fucking dorks. With that, we're pumped Whoa. for Borderlands. Whoa, what? We can't offend our guests here. Good job. I'll offend but, the, the, <laughs> the shit out of them. Oh, God. Switch sucks. I'm only kidding. It's the best feed I've ever children. had. <laughs> Anyway, with that, our next story. I love the Switch. It's one of my favorite consoles. Kyle? <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, on the Flash news, our, our only bit of Flash news this week. <laughs> just a small story. Oh, yeah. yeah just small a little smidgen. Uh, this comes a couple from, of bullet points. <laughs> this comes from Kotaku. The PS4 exclusive Iron Man VR makes a surprisingly good first impression. Quote, we're not making a rail shooter. We're not making an amusement park game. We're not making a short demo or an ex- experimental Iron Man experience. End quote. Game developer Ryan Payton told me last week in New York City. After he did. He I told finished, Kyle personally. He did. After I had finished a demo of his studio's forthcoming game, Iron Man VR. Quote, we're making a full game with a deep sandbox, with a deep story, with plenty of great missions and great cinematics. End quote. Iron Man VR may be a grander thing. If Payton's ambitions pay off, it could be a marquee game for PlayStation's VR's platform. It has been in development for two and a half years at Camouflage, the Bellevue, Washington studio founded by Peyton, who previously worked on Halo and Metal Gear Solid. Mm. The game was born, (laughs) Peyton said, in a meeting at a hotel near E3 in 2016 after the announcement of Spider-Man for PS4. The head of Marvel's gaming division was looking for VR games, Peyton learned, and so he pitched them Iron Man. In New York this week, I played a slice of what Camouflage is building. The PS4 exclusive is VR only and requires both the headset and two PlayStation Move motion controllers. So these are encouraging words from from this little interview. And from the GIFs that I've seen of this gameplay so far, yo, you're Iron Man in the sky. This is awesome. My only question for you, and this is a yay or nay. That's why this is Flash News, baby. Mm -hmm. Is this in the Spider-Man universe? Yay or nay, Kyle? Uh, yay. Ooh. Steve, is this in yep. the Spider-Man universe? Yay. Yay, too. I want to see it. I just want to just see for a second Peter Parker going, hey, what's up? And then, like, swing past. Or, like, you're in a mission with Spider-Man, and, like, shit's going crazy, and you're in New York City. It's, and you're it's the start of the, uh, the MPU, the Marvel PlayStation universe. Dude, what if? What if Sony just got all of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give the Avengers the square, you know. We'll give the 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 dumb dumb looking one to to Nintendo, you know. What I'm saying we'll take all the dopeness. I like. I'm only kidding. I'm into Ultimate <laughs> Alliance three. Okay. So Sony's gonna end up getting Star Wars next. You'll see. Oh my God, if they do, 
You'll see. If you, dude, Steve, don't fucking don't play <laughs> with my heart like this. If they did, and I get a fucking Star Wars open world game, I'm just like a rogue Jedi or whatever. I'm so fucking in. Let's be honest, Joe. You just want Terracassi back. That too. I want. I want Masters of Terracassi. <laughs> Give me Star it right Wars now. Zero Dawn. Oh my god! Just like you're making your own lightsaber and like you're throwing them, like you're in like Endor and you're just like, fuck, dude. You're just you're just like a like it, you're like Ray. You're just a fan of the Jedi. Like you mm. you've never actually met one, but you're a fan of one. So you just go around collecting like shit that are tied to the Jedi and the Resistance, and then you're like an you're just making makeshift weapons. Yeah, you're just. You're just like making shit, and then all of a sudden you like get wrapped up in a Jedi thing, and you're like, "Oh, I could move things with the Force." <laughs> and then wow. all of a sudden you realize it's Indiana Jones meets <laughs> right, Star Wars. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. All right, here's to the big piece of news this week. I just need to clarify this. I super spark noted this article. Jason Schreier at Kotaku wrote, and I'm not shitting you because I literally copied and pasted all the notes and put it into just a doc to see how many pages. 27-page article over on Kotaku. This is possibly one of the single best just video game journalism at its finest. And it makes us all look like shit. And I love it. But this news kind of sucks. So with that, again, give them a click. Well, this is a Spark Notes version, and it's a page long. He also has a video that he, that he explains it all to. It's like Jeez. an eight-minute video if you want to do that. Okay, or just do, you know what? Pause the podcast for just a second. Promise me you come back. <laughs> okay, you're back. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Missed you so much. Kyle? Yes. Let's read it. So I'm going to read them. Joe very nicely put them in bullet points, so yep. I'm going to read them as bullet points. Yep. First bullet point. The game that emerged from a six and a half year development cycle was the result of a number of difficult, complicated factors, ones that won't be quite as easy to fix as Anthem's loot drop rates or loading screens. When the Anthem team started development back in 2012, they hoped to make the Bob Dylan of video games, one that would be referenced and remembered for generations. They might have accomplished that, just not in quite the way they hoped. Second bullet point. Anthem was originally planned to be called Beyond. Beyond! 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 Such a major last-minute upheaval might seem strange to an outside observer, but on Anthem, it was common. It was common. Uh, some who worked on the project, it wasn't even clear what kind of game Anthem even was until that E3 demo in June of 2017, less than two years before it actually came out. Anthem was not supposed to be a single-player game. EA didn't force Bioware to take on a Destiny-like game. Mm-hmm. Dozens of developers, many of them decade-long veterans, have left Bioware over the past two years. Some who have worked at Bioware's longest-running office in Edmonton talk about depression and anxiety. Quote, I actually cannot count the amount of stress casualties we had on Mass Effect, Andromeda, or Anthem, end quote, said a third former Bioware developer in an email. A stress casualty at Bioware means someone had such a mental breakdown from the stress they're just gone for one to three months. Some come back, some don't. Within the studio, there's a term called Bioware magic. It's a belief that no matter how rough a game's production might be, things will always come together in the final months. It happened on the Mass Effect trilogy, on Dragon Age Origins, and on Inquisition. Quote, Some of the people in Edmonton were so burnt out, said one former Bioware developer. They were like, we needed Dragon Age Inquisition to fail in order for people to realize that this isn't the right way to make games. Multiplayer major story revisions? 
poor management, shifting management roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Frostbite engine sucks. <laughs> In order to cut costs, all EA games have to use this engine, and it was not optimized for the games Bioware wanted to create. If it takes you a week to make a little bug fix, it discourages people from fixing bugs, said one person who worked on Anthem. If you can hack around it, you hack around it, as opposed to fixing it properly, said a second. I would say the biggest problem I had with Frostbite was how many steps you needed to do something basic. With another engine, I could do something myself, maybe with a designer. Here, it's a complicated thing. It's hard enough to make a game, said a third Bioware developer. It's really hard to make a game where you have to fight your own tool set all the time. So, let's break this down. You know what? I'm going to take back what I said earlier about me not being on my A game when it came to nuts. I think I did a pretty damn good job. Everybody, in your car, whatever you're doing, in in your cubicle, give me a round of applause. Standing ovation. I want you to stand up at your desk. If you're in your car, Tim Wolf, just get up. Get out for just a second. Don't worry. Little Timmy's going to be just fine. I know his name's Sammy. Don't worry about it. It Just (laughs) everything's going to be okay. This This is an awesome article. And it just divulges a lot of... A lot of things that we were already kind of thinking as consumers with that famous Seamus writes <clears throat> after reading the Anthem article by Jason Schreier, do you feel that too many people were too eager to blame EA for Anthem's failure? So it seems like in this article, as we read more and more about it, it kind of feel, felt like Bioware was too ambitious. They talk about in the article that they wanted to make a game where it was the Bob Dylan. That's actually the code name was Dylan um, for that. They wanted this game to be remembered for other games to take a look at it and go, we need to do that <laughs> type of approach. And it was, it, they bit off way too much that they can chew. They made a very ambitious scheme that they got lost in. There was multiple story revisions because, again, like the first paragraph up up top, it was supposed to be called Beyond Beyond because it was about going beyond the walls of this world and calling it Anthem. They needed to find a way for that to make sense, which is just crazy to me. So with that, and then just, you know, some stuff frostbite sucking uh steve i'll go to you first bud who is to blame is this is this on bioware do you feel like we often point the blame at bio or sorry ea too much or no it's on ea it's on ea yeah um ea is one of well i don't know if they still are but they're probably the biggest video game publisher that is synonymous in the industry and they cut corners by they cut corners by forcing this frostbite engine that was made for Mm -hmm. a very specific genre of game Mm -hmm. and regardless of all the problems that these developers have had with this engine they did not bend and and actually support them uh they were talking about in this article it wasn't one of your bullet points but Mm -hmm. they were talking about how when they wanted to get support for the frostbite engine it, it would trickle down. Yeah. So the big sports games would get precedence yeah. from the support team because they're the, the, the games that sell and RPGs don't sell as well. So they were always down the, li- the, down the list of yeah. getting help for the engine. So no, I, it, Bioware knows how to make games that, that we have seen that. What they didn't know how to do is make games in this, in, in this engine and um, as... As also evidenced by by this article, uh, talking about how 
they they made a demo for and I don't remember if it was somebody from EA or if it was somebody from the top of Bioware. It was but they made a EA, demo. Right. Made a demo just for him. They had no gameplay to show him. They had nothing to show him. So they just made a demo. He said he hated it. So they spent the next months or whatever it was just making something that they thought he would like. And it had nothing to do with the game that they were making. And so, and this was in like, what, 2016, I think it said. Mm-hmm. So that's less than three years away uh, ago that they still didn't have any idea what they were making. Yeah, you go into the article and Anthem's first mission was made sometime. I think like the article said sometime in like January 2018. Like this game was in such shambles. They didn't even have it ready or even an idea. They had maybe a roadmap. Of, of where this game was going to be a year from now. And it was supposed right. to be, the, again, EA pushed this. It had to be done by 2019, uh, March of 2019, end of the fiscal quarter. Because like, if you're EA, you've just spent six and a half years making this game. Yeah, when is it going to be ready, right? Mm-hmm. And what you're speaking about earlier is there was a team that was super f- proficient in Frostbite they're at the studio, but they shifted focus to FIFA because FIFA sale, sell, sells. Mm-hmm. So that game right. just took precedence because, yeah, this game is a billion-dollar game. This game maybe, maybe one day, but we know this thing's a surefire hit. This thing is going to sell millions of copies. You know, Kyle, I want to know what you think about this. Is this fault on EA or Bioware? I think most of the blame does have to go to EA. Right, but the the thing that really stood out to me in this article, um, and as I was reading these bullet points, something that really stuck with me is this whole Bioware magic section of this article. Mm-hmm. This really bothers me, where okay. they they are they are stressing and putting all this crazy amount of work in the last few months to make the game come together, mm-hmm. and sure, it, it has led to some amazing games, the Mass Effect trilogy. Dragon Age, Origins, and Inquisition. Great games. But to force people to work so hard that they have uh, stress casualties and they're out for months and some come back, some don't, right. That that that's a problem. Yeah, when that you have rooms dedicated for tears, yeah. there is a problem. Like, I think... At the end, like at the end of the day, I think Steve's right. This falls on EA because yeah. they are the captains of the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the management level. Uh, Casey Hudson left and then rejoined the team in disarray. And when we look at this, this is again a line of mistakes across the board when it comes to the management, when it comes to EA. But yeah, Bioware, what the fuck is going on? Bio, that's not magic. That is, that is an anxiety attack. That's Bioware anxiety right there. Mm-hmm. Like the belief that, yeah, you know, and, and I hear it a lot too. So it might be just commonplace. Like God of War, um, I remember the, the article where Shuhei was like, yeah, no, a year before this game was going to come out it was a bit uh, in rough shape. Um, you, same with The Last of Us. Yeah, same with The Last of Us. So I do understand that games do, some of them, or a lot of them, come together in the witching hours, right? Where like you're getting down to the, to the hours and, and uh, down to the launch. So I do understand that is a thing that happens, but it looks like to such an extent where they coined a fucking term out of it. Where this was this was happening on repeat and was so regular to them that they thought they could take on this super ambitious 
title where they didn't even want to say that this was Destiny. They wanted it to be something more. Um, and for EA, I think it comes down to there's a communication problem amongst the management and amongst EA, whereas you take a look at God of War, you take a look at The Last of Us, you take a look at the people that are in charge of PlayStation first-party shoe, I'll never take you for granted. There's a type of communication and trust that PlayStation has had this generation where, yeah, Shu knows that this game might be a mess now, but he has faith. He's having this, at least this roadmap to where the game's going to get fixed or the game's going to be solid when it comes out. Whereas, not afraid to delay. Yeah. As for EA and Patrick Soderlin, um, though he's busy probably saving the word world in 24, he's not doing, to me, he wasn't doing a job of okay, what do you need for this game to succeed rather than this needs to be out, it doesn't look as good, the graphics don't look as good as you promised. Like, I don't know, something had to give. Is there anything you wanted to add, Steve? Because I, I blinked out in Nerd Rage. <laughs> uh, no, I just think that, you know, like we were talking about, it comes from the top and top down, yeah. and you have to be. I, I understand the hands-off approach. You don't want to mess with the artists that are making the art and whatnot, and they probably get enough shit for doing that. You know, EA specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's a fine line there. You know, if I'm, you know, when I'm when I used to manage a restaurant, I don't necessarily tell people how they, how to talk to their tables because their personality has to kind of drive their their they're their own salesman kind of thing. Right, but. If somebody's going there and, and just dropping f bombs, I kind of need to yeah. get in there and say, "Hey, this okay. steak's fucking delicious." I, I know there's a w- I know there's a way that you yeah. do things, but yeah. you're gonna have to meet me halfway. You could still be yourself, but you're gonna have to be yourself with a little with a filter, yeah. You know, just so that we don't have a problem. And I think that's why it, it falls on EA because mm. they clearly had a problem. I don't know how you could miss that type of problem. Like if you don't have a game to show for three years of development yeah you that's a that's a problem like you should have had something after 18 months you should have had something yeah the fact Um, that your team didn't even fucking know it's just like mm -hmm. dude come on man i can't cut you a break here i i think it was part of that uh that article where uh they would have like these high level meetings and be like change this change that change this but then they wouldn't tell the teams yeah or they would come out so frustrated that they're just like well, fuck you, Bob. I'm going to continue doing it my way. They're like, fuck you, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's sorry, it's Tim Olson. It's, yeah. it's insane that this game even came out. Yeah. And so, it's- with that, the games come out, and we have this roadmap bullshit. And, like, I'm tired of hearing it. We're like, oh, the game's getting so much better with all these patches, man. You get, okay, oh my God, dude. It's got, and I'm like, yeah, but, like, I played the game at launch, and it sucked dick. I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe it, it should have come out in September. Maybe Mark. Maybe yeah. it should have came out in May or June or July when it was actually ready. Because these updates, oh yeah, it's so much better now. A month after its release, when I'm already playing a di- the division that came out freaking solid. There is no excuse, and the and it is an excuse of well, the game's better now, right? No, they, no, no. They, yeah, of course the game's gonna get better over time. Drive Club got better over time, but nobody gave a crap. So, like, I, I hate that excuse, and I hate the roadmap when it's used as, hey, guys, like, it's awesome to have a roadmap. Like, you know, Apex Legends has a roadmap. Um, Fortnite, best example, has this awesome roadmap of what you can expect. But they're not trying to fix something that's on fire. And that's what Anthem is. It feels <laughs> completely rushed, barren. 
The world's empty. I don't give a shit about any any of the characters except for the girl that says sexy danger. She's fucking cool. Everybody else, I don't care about. I don't care about the story. I only care about playing one of the classes. Like, sorry, the game's barren. Does it give me what I want? And it's empty. And it it's devoid of any meaning, a purpose. So no, I'm, I'm not giving them credit of three weeks out. You're oh my god, you're fixing it. It's so much better. It should have came out then now and not a month from now. Or two months from now. I'm sick of I'm sick of the empty promises of the roadmaps when you release something that's so half baked. There's no excuse for it. You well, know? They already had the money. They already had the pre order money. They already had all those people signing up for the beta and getting all excited. Can you imagine if Super Mario sixty four came out and when you go down a pipe or in a picture, it's just a black screen and a picture of Mario being like Woohoo and like a little tip for like four straight minutes before you could yeah. stomp on a Goomba's head. Can you imagine? But like if what, Miyamoto what came out and he's like, children? he's like, but we have a roadmap, you guys. Yeah. And three weeks <laughs> from now. Worry. Level three is coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right. And we trust level me, level four, <laughs> level four in four months is going to blow your mind, dude. Wait, and for wait just for four ninety nine, you could have level five. It's mm-hmm. coming though. It's, it's coming. coming. We're just working trust on it. Me. We're trust working me. on it. What's that? The oh, wait, fire? You... Don't, don't don't look at it. <laughs> you guys, you guys are done stomping on Koopas. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. It's we have uh, Boomerang Bros coming in in December. They're, they're, we're gonna we got guys chucking hammers. They're coming. Wild oh, Appalachia is coming. Yeah. Look at look at uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Look at that game. What was that? Three years of development? Four years of development? Yep. Whatever it was. Like, look at the shit they crammed in that thing. Look at World of Light. Are you kidding me? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, look just, at Breath of the Wild. <laughs> you know? I know this is a PlayStation show, but let's talk about it for a second. Like, dude, like, all these games, they felt good. And this game felt empty. I was done with it after playing the horrible story. Horrible. Yeah. I, I don't know. My question is, like, does this game see, is there a second chance? Is there a redemption to Anthem? Or is this a yikes? Like, what Listen, happens if to No Man's Sky could have a redemption. Anything's like, possible. No, you know, any, yeah, honestly. The, the difference, though, with that was that, I, I, at least I felt, No Man's Sky, they were like, okay, you're right. Yeah, we, fuck, we fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> that, we're going to go crawl in our hole now, yeah. and we're going to come out for free, yeah. and we're going to give you what you deserve. And unlike, we're not going to say anything until we have a fix. Unlike those Destiny assholes <laughs> who had the audacity to Stop. charge 40 fucking dollars yep. for to, their to actually have content that's worth a damn in the game. Like, I remember... I played Destiny. I was all into Destiny. I was yeah. like, okay, the cool. The first DLC Same. is coming. And it was perfect for me because I wasn't that particularly good at the game. So I didn't do those long grinds and like out-level everything. So I was looking for, forward to the DLC because it, I, I was on pace with it. So whatever. And then I fall off to the game. And I'm like, you know what? This game just kind of sucks. And then two DLCs go by. And my buddy's like, oh, no, you should come back, man. The, it's so much the, better now. The wolf glass fang dlc is so fucking good they added a story that it actually it like it's actually what they said it was going to be and i'm like okay fine you know i'll, I'll jump in i gotta pay 40 dollars for two yeah. dlc packs that i missed like no mm-hmm. i'm no i'm not giving you i'm not giving you 120 dollars or whatever it was all in to play this game mm-hmm. uh, i'm sorry D- fix have it steve i like how i told you sitting like 
okay, you could curse, and then you're like, all right, I'm off the fucking leash. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, it happens. Oh, I like right, it. I like I, this. All right, all right, all right. I'm done. Uh, I'm good. I'm no, no, good. no, you I'm can chill. say, don't worry. L- listen, Sammy over here, he just got out of rehab. He's going to be fine. He, he was <laughs> loving this. With that, yeah, I don't think that, I don't know if there's a redemption for Anthem. I, I, I know I'm never going to fucking touch it again. Um, <clears throat> everyone, I need you to hold on to something. Steve, I forgot to mention this. Yeah. We're doing something called Prepare the Drop. Each and every week, the latest and greatest in PlayStation games drop in this very, I don't know, in the palm of our hands. I, I fucked up on this. It's too tight. You know what? <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to say it in a cool voice. Latest and greatest games. And sometimes there's too many games to count. So we can only pick one game that gets us hyped. With that, my pick this week is Beat Blaster. It's a PSVR game that's out digital on the 5th. Beat Blaster is a high-speed VR game about shooting, running, where everything happens to the beat of the music. The original mix of styles with each level level offers new challenges. Why did I pick this? Because it kind of sounds like Beat Saber, but with guns. Kyle, what's your pick? Uh, Borderlands, Game of the Year edition. But you won't let me buy it. You were telling me about the second one. Yeah, Joe. I want to play Borderlands because I'm such a fan of 2. I want to experience 1 all the way through. For you, Borderlands 2 is the way to go because I feel 3 is closer to 2. It's 25 bucks. Listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, Hotshot. 25 bucks on Amazon. You think I'm going to go to... Hey Steve, you got a you got a game with that's fine. We can skip over the story. Ay, 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 ay. The Power Rangers are back. You are the wind beneath my wings. Oh man. Awesome. Whoa, you got Siri hard with that one. She says yeah. you are the wind beneath my wings. All right, Siri, calm ay, down. Ay, 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 ay. It's morphing time. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so as much as this game is inevitably gonna suck <laughs> and and it it is devoid of, of mm-hmm. characters you actually care about. Yeah. Um it's still it's a Power Rangers game and and I just uh, it, I just love Power Rangers so yeah. I get it yeah I've heard actually I, and I I haven't played it yet but I've heard it's actually a pretty good fighting game yeah that's what I'm hearing too it's like it's, it's decent it just kind of it just has like the weirdest characters yeah. like a police officer with oh, a sweet. gun like he has like yeah. an M4 yeah. and I'm like what the wait, fuck wait, oh, wait. Uh, oh my God! Striker from uh, Mortal Kombat made his way to the Pirate. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's, it's Zach the Black Ranger is a cop now. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Well. It's just the weirdest like collection of characters. Like n- they don't have all five Power Rangers. Where's Ivan Ooze? It's the only character I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Now you try spending. What is it? What does he say? You're to, uh, spending a, a. Oh fuck. A millennia down in a hole or something. It's boring. <laughs> that that movie. movie's so bad. I watched it like a couple months ago. It was like on stars or something. I was just like, what the fuck? Did, why was I? Why did I like this as a kid? Jesus. All right. So here's the deal. I went to PAX right this Obviously. week. It was pretty fun. But on the way there. So we have a little segment on the show. Steve, I'm going to let you in on it. It's called Andy's Andrew House's Snail Mail. See, you can write in via the Trophy Room, PS Trophy Room on Twitter, or you can send us your questions on Discord, the Casa de Badbit Discord, or you can mail them to Andrew House, where I, Mr. Badbit, will sneak in 
various different ways and steal his mail and sometimes his Turkish delights. And so with that, this week, I invited, I actually, so what I did, I forged a couple of signatures, a couple of handwriting, and I mailed it to Andy. I played the long game on this one. And he opened up the scroll, because in Britain they have scrolls. And they're just like... Hold on, Joe, Joe, Joe. The wire tent fell off. Hold on, give me a second. The wire tent? I got to put the wire tent back on. Oh, okay, okay, good, 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 good. All right, all right, good. No, we found out Kyle's part of the fucking NSA, guys. Long story. Anyway, so... I sent him this fucking scroll, this carrier pigeon, whatever, this brand. And he's just like, I will PAX East cordially invite you, Andrew House, to win the Andrew House Award, the first annual Andrew House Award. We'd be honored and privileged. And I bought him a ticket, first class. I bought him a very beautiful hotel. Um, and then I took advice from Donald Trump. I ordered two women to pee on his bed <laughs> just, just to get at him. <laughs> Get at him. So when he laid down, he was just like, oh my goodness. And so anyway, dumb, dumb idiot. So I fly him out there, and then I get on my jet, and I fly over to Britain, and I'm walking in, and I put the mask on. I put the Andrew House mask on, and I'm him, right? <laughs> British British people, they all look alike. So I just put on the Andrew House mask. I'm walking in his house because the mail's on his you know dresser, and the kids are like, oh, hello, Pop. Hello. How are you? How are you? And I'm like, Oh, hey, 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 kids. Fucking stupid idiots. Stupid fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm walking upstairs, and then the, his wife just goes, Hello, love. And I'm like, Hello, you fucking stupid idiot. I take the mail, and I just walk out. I just walk out. The stupid idiots didn't even know. <laughs> so anyway, that wasn't as good as last week. <laughs> but you know so, what? But, but you got the mail. Your, I got the mail your... anyway. The stupid kids call me dad. <laughs> Like, hello, papa. <laughs> you stupid idiots. We will never get any preview codes. <laughs> we will never get any passes to PSX. Whatever, man. You know, it's worth it. Just for a cheap thrill. Tim Olfson. This is an update from Neo Prime. Tim Olfson, my son Sammy, uh, or Tim Olf Jr., has successfully completed rehab. <laughs> And it's looking, this is a joke from Twitter, by the way, guys, for anyone out of the loop. Uh, looking forward to listening to your show again. I told him he was, uh, he has missed out on some great shows. Then he listened to the last show and he's back in rehab. <laughs> Before he was admitted, he wanted to send this question. If you were Shu, uh, would you also send some Sony games to the Nintendo Switch? If yes, which games or franchises would make sense on the platform? And what would you want? In return, now I must return to Sam and his padded room. Jesus Christ, I really tormented this kid, huh? Uh, visiting hours are almost over, but this will make him happy. Well, Sammy, I hope everything's going well. We curse too much on the show, and it's just, it's, it's bad. So, Microsoft gave Nintendo Cuphead because they're desperate. Uh, <laughs> stupid idiots, <laughs> stupid losers. This is the best game you got. So, my question for you guys, or Tim Wolf's question, is what is one PlayStation game that makes sense? And we can't just give them a bad one, right? Like, we can't just give them Knack. Knack's too good for this. What's one game we would send over to Nintendo? What's one Nintendo game we want over here that makes sense in our portfolio? Kyle, I'm going to go with you, sir. All right. So I have the one that I, that I think Sony should send to Nintendo. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Dreams. 
dreams on the switch <laughs> creating on the go mm. i think is pretty awesome um and i think that's just like a match made in heaven the, the joy cons can work as the move controllers same type of Ooh, player. i like where this is going okay uh so i think dreams is an easy easy one to send to nintendo what do i want nintendo to send to us <laughs> like what game's even worth it I mean, there are some some quality games over there. I, mean, I can't think of one. I just like I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to say Smash because I hope PlayStation All Stars comes. No, yeah, we already have the better one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I can't really. I, come back to me on that one. Okay, Steve, what's one PlayStation game you would want to see on the Nintendo Switch? So it's kind of. I don't. I mean, it was PlayStation exclusive, but I don't think it was published by them. It could have been. Not sure, but I think Dark Cloud One and Two. Ooh. Dark Dark Cloud Collection on the go on on the Switch would be really good. Okay. Um, and then and then maybe Nintendo could take over the franchise from. I think it was Level Five made made those. All right. All right. I could be wrong. So what would be then a Nintendo game you'd want to see on a PlayStation platform? That makes sense. So I don't I don't I wouldn't want a Nintendo game, but I think a character would fit in really well with sure. some of the Sony franchises, and I sure. think that Samus would be would fit well oh. in maybe a, a Horizon yeah. type like, situation. Maybe okay. if it, even if it's just like a one off, like a like a Starlink situation with with Fox. Who's making but it? Like, Who's making that? Who? What studio would you want to take care of uh, Samus? I think uh, I would. Uh, hmm. I'd probably go with Gorilla. I think that they have the whole shooter and the adventure thing, okay. kind right. of the open world thing. They have both of those genres pretty like pretty tight in hand. But I, like I think maybe a, like a little buddy cop situation okay. between Aloy and, and Samus would be really cool. Right. Um, you know, technology's there. It's like know, Prometheus have... and Bob. You know? Yeah. Never see yeah. that on Nick. Nick. <laughs> Alien, that's dope. Anyway, uh, Kyle? Did you did yeah. you get a Nintendo game you want to see? Okay, uh, Star Fox. I, I think PlayStation needs a a, a flight Ooh. combat type game, and I think Star Fox fits. We need to save it somehow. Yeah, <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> what PlayStation game am I sending to Nintendo? What IP? This is a rough one because I really don't know. Because I feel like I'll be real with you. I mean, we could be real as rain right now. Sony copies the shit out of Nintendo, like, all the time. Or, like, look at the PlayStation Classic. But, like, none of their games, to me, seem like they belong anywhere near a Nintendo console. I don't know if that's just me. So, if I was you... Let's see, I'm trying to look around for inspiration. Let me see, let me see. He's literally looking around for inspiration. This isn't a bit, folks. He's literally no, looking around. Really <laughs> it's like you think I put these notes in. I would prepare. You know what? We're just giving them Bloodborne. They need it. They need to. No, 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 no. We're not giving them that fucking gem. No, 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 no. We're giving them Demon Souls. They're gonna love it. They're gonna eat that shit up. They'll Nintendo fans. You know, Steve. You know this. You know, if it's a five-year-old, six-year-old game, they'll eat that shit up. They'll pay full price. Look at look at the Resident Evil collection. We already did. We got. We got. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cop out. <laughs> yeah, this is that is a cop out. Um, what Nintendo game I would like to see on PlayStation, um, dude? It's simple. It's the best Switch game there is right now, and it makes no sense to be in their portfolio, but it is, and that's Splatoon. 
Because mm. I thought best. about Splatoon. I just went, and then bam, they're just there. And I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, I get to play with a good controller. It's going to be great. All right, we're running out of steam. Let's get on to the next question. <laughs> Brandon Myers, the Winter Gamer, writes in, and he streams via Mixer. And he asks, with Project X Cloud possibly making Xbox Play Anywhere and the Switch getting a possible powered-up Pro model, do you see this as a threat to Sony, or do you think Sony... <clears throat> Or do you think the way Sony is, and with its exclusives, can still hold on to its lead next generation? I feel, especially for me, Sony can still be relevant, but the ease of access with Switch where and can play it at work, and maybe Project X Cloud where I can use my phone to play Xbox, I feel Sony needs a way for me to play anywhere, oh, sorry, to play where I can still Play my games without needing a console. You know, just you read it's it. It's called the Vita. <laughs> it's dead. Brendan, it's Brendan, dead. I have a question. Yes. Um, on Brendan, on your Xbox Play Cloud and your Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. um, as much as I love my Switch, yeah. uh, how's Uncharted on that? Is it good? <sighs> how's uh, How's God of War? How's Horizon uh, Zero Dawn? Yeah. How's Killzone? How's Dreams? Ooh, I like how's this. God? I love I, I love Steve. I, I mean. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, fine, fine. PC gamers got, you know, uh, origami killer. Yeah. You got the origami killer recently. Yeah. You stole that from us. I get it. Okay, it's great. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, v- yeah, yeah, victory. Yeah. But if you don't have games that are worth playing in those situations and in some X cloud, then it doesn't matter. Sony is not... One of the things that, and I, and I don't mean to tear apart your message, but I'm going to. Yeah, I feel especially for me, Sony can still be relevant. Oh, man. Are you, oh. Are you picking are you a fight with Brandon? Are you pick, Brandon, picking a fight with the uh, Brandon? Brandon. Yeah. Brandon. Still be relevant? Dude, they have, they sold twice as many consoles, more than twice as many consoles as Xbox. Yeah, it's not about staying, it's not about still being relevant. Mm-hmm. It's about staying ahead. Mm-hmm. And if they want to stay ahead, yes, they have to up their game for their games eventually. PS5, bro. PS5. Just, Just be wait. patient. Just wait. It's coming. I feel you there. Um, listen, yep. I, there's a reason I love... I, I, I'm always the first to say this because everybody calls me a PlayStation fanboy, but I love Halo. I love Fable. I love Gears of War. Oh, OG Xbox is one of my favorite consoles of all time. I, like, I love Xbox. I, I love Jeez, to see Empire. them... What's that? Jade Empire. Oh man! Exactly. Exactly. My nose just got real hard. Rip, rip. <laughs> Bioware. Am I right? So like, I, I I love to see what Microsoft's doing right now and them fixing what has been broken this generation. But when it comes to PlayStation right now, we're fine. Just because like the one thing that I feel gets lost a lot is just because we're not announcing and promising the world right now, and not because we're saying hey. Things are getting better here. Doesn't mean things aren't great, right? Like, place, Xbox right. has made a lot of promises this generation to keep their audience where they are right now, to to stop the bleeding, as it were. As we're PlayStation, we've seen it through their first party games, and sure, there might be a lull period where we're going to have one or two in a row that don't hit, but 
right now what we've seen is Sony is on another level of games that sell consoles. And until Xbox has that, they bought these studios. We haven't seen them make anything with these studios. PlayStation's fine. Everybody's off in their own area right now. Xbox is going to try to to take on Google when it comes to streaming services and reaching that 200 mobile devices. That's cool. Nintendo's in their own mobile-ish world. That's dope. Sony right now is just like, hey, we're just going to stay the same-ish right now until we see what the PlayStation 5 is. I like, I, I personally like that PlayStation isn't revealing all their cards. I, I, I like that we haven't had these promise, promise, promise type of experiences from them. So this whole it's fine. gen, it's fine. this whole gen was like, you know, Microsoft and Sony came out and Microsoft was on their boat and they just took a power drill and just started drilling holes in their boat. <laughs> and we we're like, oh, shit, there's holes in this boat. We're taking on water. What do we do? And the first thing is like, don't worry, we have a bucket. Yeah. And it's like, OK, the bucket's getting the water out. And then they're like, hey, guys, you should come over. Like, eventually they invented flex tape is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so eventually they invent flex tape and they're like, hey, guys, we got flex tape. And then Sony's over there like, yeah, we have a boat that doesn't have holes in it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, remember, remember last gen? We tried to we tried we tried to sail on a in a Volkswagen Beetle and it yeah. sank like a yeah. like a rock. I, yeah, I, I think, again, we're seeing Sony pave its way of fixing things little by little, and they might not be the best fixes yet. But I, again, I don't know exactly what PlayStation needs to do. I think we're seeing them do small things like we see with, uh, with their iPhone app, right? The remote play. I bet you that's going to get a lot better when the PlayStation five comes out, right? Like you see with the digital returns right now, that's going to be better when the PlayStation five comes out. So, there are just things that they're fixing right now. The only thing, the only th- h- hurdle they need to jump over is crossplay. And if they're just like, you know what, we get it, we're on board too, we're fine. That's the, you know, that's that's my biggest thing. Kyle, what about you? Then we really need to hit packs. Uh, no, I I, I agree with both of you. Mm-hmm. Sony's fine. Good exclusives are fine. Good. Uh, that's where the stories are that I want to play. Mm-hmm. And to to your point, Stephen, a little bit is we still have the three major exclusives that are coming to PlayStation at some point very soon that we know about. And then obviously the next generation PS5. I mean, Sony's fine. And every every single system has its own unique thing about it, which is great. And everyone just love everybody. ELE. Yeah. Everyone love everyone. We're going to be, everybody's going to be fine, man. With that, yep. our last question which will bring us to the second portion of the show. The most famous Seamus writes back to back this week, asking, what was your favorite moments at PAX East? Now, with that, we have five games that we have played, each of which we're going to have just a nice little like elevator pitch of what these games were, why we're excited about it, and we'll have a little conversation about each. that sound good? Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Let's get let's get Steve a stream in here. Steve, what's the first game that you played at PAX? Your your top five. Your number five. All right. So I, I'm coming off uh, right off the bat with Days Gone. Um, I had never gone hands on with it. I mm. had been really not following much of the game. I just knew that I was gonna. I was hoping for the best with it, and I was really pleasantly surprised with how beautiful it looked. Number one, how how it really handled really well. Um, 
it felt really good to play. It felt like a Naughty Dog game mm. uh, to me, and um, I was really impressed with it. So yeah, uh, Days Gone is right off the bat something that really impressed me. I really I I enjoyed the shit out of it. This was literally the first game I played on the show floor, and yeah, it it blew me away. Uh, to me, it it it, it kind of played. It kind of felt like a Horizon meets, I guess, if we're going to do an elevator pitch, uh, uh, a Naughty Dog-esque experience. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like an open world like Horizon was, where you have all these things to do, where it kind of had the the weapon wheel mechanic that, like, I believe Horizon, yeah, Horizon had as well. And it worked really well in the moment when you're getting chased by hordes of zombie or sort of freakers. Um, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I I played where I was just stabbing things in the neck constantly. Um, Kyle, you played totally passive, right? Uh, yeah, I, I stealthed through the entire thing, only killed when I had to. Um, and when I had to, it was those little children freakers, which are really weird. Mm-hmm. And they only attack you when you get into their territory or yeah. they feel threatened. And that was a little intense. Uh Using a shotgun to these little children zombie look. That's how you know they don't. Oh, shit. I, beat the, I beat the shit out of them with a bat. I did, oh, did not. <laughs> I I just I laced into them like they were they were misbehaved at Sunday yeah. church. You know, I but, just fucking laced them. That is, that is for sure. Uh, that's on my list too. Days gone. I loved it. Yeah. And my first step takeaway is when I stepped up to that uh, station to play. Uh, it is drop dead gorgeous. Something mm. that I was not expecting from this. Um, don't know why, but like when I stepped up and, and, and saw each individual pour on Deacon's face, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's insane the amount of detail that's in this, and it it's awesome. I can't yeah. wait. The one regret I have is I, I'm stupid enough. I did not try the bike out. Ooh, like, I, I knew okay. I had beforehand. I was like, "Oh, the bike is such an integral part of the story." Yeah. And then when I got to the the horde mode, I guess it was standing right beside me. But I went and grabbed the gun, and I forgot all about it. And I'm real upset about that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I love the horde mode, man. That was that was the other thing. It was just like th- there's hundreds of things on the screen, and it's not hitching. There's no frame rate drop. Yeah. Like it's even intense. when you're when you're causing a huge explosion, they're just like. Like the wor- at worst, you just see some of them just go bruh and fall to the floor. But like other than that, it was just it was it ran perfectly fine. Yeah, the attention to detail, dope. Kyle, yeah. What's your what's your game you play in the packs? One of them. Uh, so I picked some games games so we don't have some overlap. Okay. So a lot of the games that Joe has, I also played in love. Uh, my one that I want to talk about is a game uh, from Supermassive. Uh, it is their next game after Until Dawn, which is a great PlayStation <clears throat> exclusive. It's a man of Medan. And while the, the demo there had its issues, it had some audio glitches and yep. stuff, um, what it did, though, was the atmosphere they pulled off in this game is top-notch. Yeah, It is Until Dawn taken to the next degree. Yeah. Um, it looks gorgeous. Uh, the way that they have you pick whether you are a rational decision maker or you you make decisions with your heart is pretty cool, um, and I'm excited to see how that changes how you play in the in the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just happy that we get another super massive story based type of game. See, here's the thing though, like rational or irrational, I'm always going to choose rational because that seems like this is going to be the move you always want to make. I want to be rational in this moment. 
I don't know. I made a couple of rational decisions in the demo. Mm. Yeah. I let that one dude uh, die because he came on to me in a real creepy way. And I was just like, bruh, I don't know you. You know? <laughs> and you're just like coming on to me? Uh-uh. You know, I was taking that shit. I was feisty. I was feisty, man. Anyway. <clears throat> you just can't come in here. All right. <laughs> the game I played <laughs> was Dreams. Now, I half chose this because I'm serious. Other half just to uh, troll uh, Luke Lore. Dude, I played it. They let me out for like 30 minutes. Nice ass beanbag chair. And um, this game's dope. This is this is everything you think it would be and more. Um, it's it's amazing. Like the awesome person, PR person, Jess, sat me down. She's just like, here's the music in dreams that you could compose. There's some that people have made. Here's what Meteor Molecule's made. Here's some paintings that people and the you know the community made and we made here's some games that played a lot of them. For the most part, they were really good. And a lot of this was just like community driven work. Like during the alpha, during the the private beta, whatever they were calling it. Like that was awesome. They were showcasing people's creations first and then theirs was awesome. And seeing what people have already made. Holy crap, dude. I get it. Like this is not going to be a game that's going to light the world on fire. It might be my crackdown. Right. Where like I looked at that game. I was like, Yeesh, and just kind of walked away from it. But when I look at dreams, I just see the potential and I just see it like, again, like I saw, and I said this on my YouTube video, I saw a, a like a, a little boy, uh, just create a cat and it was like, holy crap. In like 15 minutes, this, this little kid like created something like that. That's awesome. And if this is like PlayStation's Minecraft and when I mean Minecraft is here's a game that we made just so you could create shit. That's awesome. And it doesn't have to be for me. This game is definitely not. But, like, I see the potential, and I like it. Nothing from you guys? F- fucking peanut gallery. All right, Steve. I, yes. Well, just for dreams. Dreams yeah. intimidates me, so I, I didn't even crying it, so I don't dude, have much to say about it. Dude, just give it a chance. I'm telling you, like, I just played stuff, but just, like, seeing how easy it was to create stuff was pretty dope. Yeah, in, in, the, in, the, be- in the beta, they do a really good job of holding your hand through it. Yeah. And really take mm-hmm. the time to make sure you can learn how to do it the yeah. right way. Steve, what's your pick, man? What's your uh, this game called Mistover. Okay, what is um, this? So Mistover is a it's a procedural. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can get it right. Procedurally okay. generated survival, sh- uh, strategical Japanese role playing game. Holy is shit! That enough for you? Yeah, yeah, I got, you know, <laughs> Think. Circus dungeon where where you're kind of you know you're there there there's permadeath. Mm-hmm. Um, you essentially in the demo that we played, um, it was specific to packs and you got goodies based on how well you did in the Ooh. demo. But every demo was different because it's procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it was just find the exit, uh, collect treasure, uh, and then and fight if you have to. Um, so we kind of just moved around and. As you pick up items, the items that you wind up having on you when you left the the when, if you succeeded, you would bring that to the the desk, and they would give you prizes based on what you found in the game. So it was pretty cool, but it's um it's incredibly um, ambitious. And if you want to check it out, um, if you want to uh, know a little bit more about it, you could go to our YouTube channel, which unfortunately I don't have a short link to. But if you uh, if you put in YouTube Nintendo Dual Screens uh, Dual with an E. 
you could find our channel. It's, it has our logo, and we I'll did put it a, in the an description. With, yeah. Cool. We did a, an interview with um, with one of the PR people, and and she was fantastic. And the game really did impress me. It looks on surface, it looks like a mobile game, but it, there is so much going on with the combat and the exploration, and just the systems you, you're juggling, you're juggling your your hunger, you're juggling. It, it's just it's really really good, really ambitious. All right. And All it's right. made by the by. Um, Oh shoot! I forget uh, the name of the company, but they they used to be Blue Hole. They used oh, to be really? Blue Hole, yeah. who made PUBG, and they and, and they uh, split off to make their own thing. And so wait, yeah. are they a Korean stu- studio? Yes. Oh, Crafton, uh, Crafton cool. Game Union. They're that's that's who they are. Crafton Game Union. That, dude, um, that's dope. Yeah, they and they were they were so. We gave them the the uh, Nintendo Dual Screens podcast seal of approval. Nice, um, which is right here. And they put it on their booth. They were so ecstatic to get it. That's awesome. <laughs> they, That's awesome. It was man. adorable. That was but yeah, awesome. missed over. One word, missed over. All right, all right. I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. Kyle, what about you? What was another game that you enjoyed? So, uh, if you have listened to the show before, you know I like me some rogue like games. It's hmm. um, not a character. Like Rogue Legacy. And I walked, was walking down the aisle, and I stumbled upon a game that didn't have many lines. And that was my go-to on Saturday, was to try to play as much as possible. <laughs> um, so I sat down, and the game is called Undermine. And before I hopped in to play, uh, the guy said, do you like roguelike games? I was like, yeah, Rogue Legacy is one of my favorite games of all time. He goes, perfect. We modeled this game after Rogue Legacy and The Binding of Isaac. Um, so the, the art style is kind of like The Binding of Isaac type thing. Um, and you basically, it's, you go down into the, these mines, mm-hmm. you try to get as much gold as you can, um, and then at, if you save certain people that are in the mines, they go back up and open a shop, which you can now use later um, as you go through the story and, and have to continue going through the dungeons. Um, and they have these little, I forgot what they call the little monsters, but once you mine for the gold and the gold goes all over the map... Um, these little like slime dudes pop up and they try to steal your gold. So you have to make sure you can you try to collect the gold before they take it. Um, the game looks great. Uh, it's not confirmed to be PlayStation yet, but he, the guy said they're working on it, which is awesome. And awesome. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. So Undermine is the name of that game. Awesome, dope. put it on my radar. Yeah, that sounds dope. And I just I just subscribed to you as a as Bad Big Games. Look at that. Look at that, Steve. You got a new subscriber tonight. Did it. Everything so it was money. a success. Number twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Don't worry. I'm like number five. Don't worry about it. Like I got two people that listen and one of them's my mom. So anyway. With that, no. And the other person's my dad, so I got fans. Uh <laughs> it's a You're your biggest fan. Uh all right, all right, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm th- I, this is how tired I am. Uh the next is me. So the next game that I got, mmm. Let's do Dangerous Driving. Because, Kyle, very similar to you, sir, I picked this game up because um, the line was short and um, and there was chairs. There were so many chairs. And there was, like, three little kids in front of me. And it was the cutest thing in the world because they're all dressed up like characters from, uh, oh, damn, Hollow Knight. And, like, to see oh, just, nice. like, like, a, like, it was three dads with two boys and one girl. I was just like, ah. Oh. Pax is awesome. You're just seeing, this is awesome. You know, like, <laughs> you're just seeing the love of, like, one generation to the other. It's just, 
It's amazing. Nonetheless, though, uh, the, like the devs took a picture of the kid like playing the game. I was just like, this is the most like, the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And this game is Burnout to its core. This is the same people that made uh, the original Burnout games. I talked to the creative director about it because I wanted to shake his hand. I wanted to just give as much love to the developers as I could at PAX. Just tell me you're doing a good fucking job. And he sat me down and he was just like, people said that nobody wanted this game. Like every publisher we talked to said, nobody wants burnout anymore. This game is here to prove them wrong. Seven people, seven months. Dangerous driving is exactly what you want a burnout game to be. It's more burnout. So if you suck at racing games like I do, like you just crash into everything constantly, this game rewards you for crashing into shit constantly. Now, it's not the nice. prettiest game in the world in the world. Right, but at the same exact time, this game is thirty bucks when it comes out in about like a week, six days, six freaking days, April 9th. I need to really contact them fast, should I? Huh? Because like, <laughs> dude, this game was awesome. I want to. The game was awesome. I also played it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It, I'm a huge Burnout fan, uh, the old school ones on PS2, <laughs> and it felt exactly like that. And when you <clears> knock <throat> another car off the road and it goes into slow motion, yeah. or even better yet, when you crash, it goes into slow motion and you can after touch it and move your car to cause wrecks after the fact. Uh, it, it's it's fantastic. I'm happy that they get a chance to re bring that franchise in a sp- spiritual successor yeah in a, that sort of way back to life it's awesome 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 steve what is your pick sir oh man Skullgirls too did you did you guys check this one out i oh, know man. i know what Skullgirls. it's a fighting game correct yeah it's a yeah. fighting game but it, it's essentially plays a lot like marvel vs. capcom but the Ooh. the art is hand drawn and hand animated Mm. Oh wow! It nice. is absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, dude. The game, from what I played of it, I, I it's still a, a little bit away. I think they said summer, mm-hmm. but man, was it fun! And I, I don't mean to brag, but I did beat the PR person. Oh, suck it, PR guy. <laughs> it, it was it was a she, but you know I, I feel like the dude would would have kicked my ass um but no she it was uh it's it's tag team fighting okay uh you swap out the ultimate moves almost you know those half circles same and uh you know quarter circle punches and kicks and yeah it's just it's it's super fluid it really really good um dude, it does remind me so much it. of like yeah like marvel vs. capcom 2 type of like shit you don't see this anymore that's that's the thing what a great and they game. and one of the things that they they had mentioned was that they are using the very top technology for online mm-hmm. so to have no lag whatsoever no input lag no no issues with matchmaking all that stuff like they are using the, the very top notch I forget the name of the system but it's a it's like the top of the line um, online uh, uh, infrastructure for for the game so that's awesome that's keep awesome. it on your radar. Yeah, no, that's like if I'm into fighting, if I was into fighting games, this would be this would be something to look at. Holy shit, Kyle. I'm not into fighting games. Okay. I, I, I'm not like I don't buy them, but yeah. for whatever reason, the Capcom style of game I just love to play. I suck at it, but I just love to play it. So, oh, same, same. Kyle, yeah. What's your number three pick, dude? Uh, n- next one would be a game called Res, please. Res blocks. The- uh, again, another game was in the little. It was in the smaller section of the indie mega booth. It was okay. like the mini uh, indie booth uh, section. Um, basically, it is a puzzle platformer. 
mm. where you can switch back and forth between two, two different characters, and you need to use the other character. You can play it as co-op, but you need to use your friend in this game to solve platforming puzzles. Obviously, it's a puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the reason why I thought it was so cool and so great, and I, I can't get it out of my mind, is like the ways to solve these puzzles are you need to kill your friend Throw him on spikes to use him as a platform to get to the other side, and then when you when you get to uh, across that uh, that problem, you resurrect your buddy, and they hop back. To Yo, you. this seems like um, hardcore snipper clips. Oh, I I can't wait. And the 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 developer there said that later on you'll earn like magic abilities, uh, but none of the magic will work correctly. So, for example, um, <laughs> once you learn telekinesis, if you concentrate too hard on the telekinesis spell, yeah. like you, if you hold down the button too long, your head will explode and you will die. So you, shit. You, you need to like make sure you use them correctly. Um, and the, the platforming sections felt great. The switching back and forth felt great. Um, I love Res Please. It might be my game of the show if it wasn't for another one. Oh, snap. I like this. Here's my number two pick. Are you ready? Ready. Bloodroots. There's my game of the show. (laughs) Oh, Kyle, this game is so good. You told me. You go, Joe, you have to. You have to. You and Mike, you're like, you have to play Bloodroots. It's so good. I walk walk in, and not a long line. So I'm like, I'm up for this. This is the second game. I No, third game I played. And uh, first game was Days Gone. Second was Dreams. And then it was uh, Bloodroots. Just think about... Hotline Miami meets a lumberjack, and you're just it meets like a samurai game. That's that's what this game feels like. You, it's all about getting from point A to point B without dying, and it's all about hitting the enemy first before they can hit you. Everybody has a one shot health, including mm-hmm. yourself. So it's all about chaining combos. It's all about chaining kills. Uh, the most efficient way to the finish line, you you become you get the better score so yeah. to me it's all timed it's all timed yeah to me blood roots man it was awesome because like there was one part like i was i was i was watching someone else play and there were they they got this fucking huge like chain chomp thing and the chain chomp thing hook shots you to enemies and kills them and makes you jump in the air this guy got the chain chomp weapon and a barrel and he was running over people and then he used the chain chop weapon to hook shot to someone and then to kill three other people like that and then he picked up like a stick and then he just threw it at someone like it was it was nuts it was like the matrix i don't know it was amazing i i picked it up i wasn't obviously as good as kyle uh but i loved it and this is coming out on pc nintendo switch and the playstation quadruple so obviously you know where i'm gonna be getting it switch <laughs> we also interviewed uh, the the co-founder of Paper Cult Games. On yes, that's as well. developer. I should have put the developer's awesome. name. There. Yeah, dude, awesome. They're awesome. Holy shit, that game was dope. Steve, oh yeah. All right, I'm, sure. I'm going to hit you with another dope ass game, right. Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow is oh, the, wait. Uh, is this the, the game... one that Shovel Knight is publishing? Yes, it is. Oh shit, I didn't even know that they were at PAX. Yes, indeed. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. it is what you think it is. <laughs> it is a 8 to 16 bit uh, platforming ninja game where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ninja Gaiden slash Strider just 
slicing shit up and bouncing off walls and fighting bosses and soundtrack is where what you think it's going to be it is top notch like there's a reason why shovel knight guys and i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't what, what the hell's the yacht club what's game. The, yacht the, 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 yeah. Yacht, yeah yacht yacht club there's a reason why they picked the, this game like it is going to be really good like yeah. the messenger good um if, if not better it's more simple okay. but um absolutely gorgeous and and i mean the yeah it has like that ridiculous. snes vibe to it right yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful beautiful kyle yeah. your number two pick emily is away three Ooh. um if you're not familiar with the emily is away franchise um mm. Uh, the, it's made by this one guy, also named Kylie. Kylie, good lord, I messed up my own name. Uh, also <laughs> made by somebody named Kyle. Um, <laughs> good lord, I'm tired. Uh, he basically makes these love letters to social media. Um, and the first two games uh, took place all in AIM, where you would chat with somebody in AIM and um, obviously Emily pops up and then problems start happening when emily shows up this one is all about facebook uh 2008 era facebook where you, and the way this demo started was you create your profile you click your favorite bands and favorite books and just like you would when you set up the old facebook mm-hmm. and as you were playing um it this is only pc because you need a keyboard Ugh. um it trust me it's it's worth it okay. uh it instantly transported me back to 2008 I was a junior in college and just I was tabbing between chats on Facebook with these characters and just loving life. And I felt like I was back back 11 years. The way he captures the spirit of what social media was back then is perfect. And he's apparently he was supposed to stop you once Emily pops up on the Facebook chat. Mm. Uh, and I didn't even realize it because I was just in the groove, tapping between chats and, and stopping. And kept awesome. going. The game is fantastic. I didn't play his first two, but I watched kind of funny play through them, and mm-hmm. I loved them watching them. Mm-hmm. But this one, I'm going to never play heard of them. I, I, I maybe I'll give these guys a watch. Yeah, you should. Like uh, this one is fantastic. <laughs> it's great. I cannot wait to play this. Awesome. All right. Well, my last one, my personal game of the show. Now, like, and, and while I was playing, I was like, this is weird because Joe two years ago would not be playing this game. I don't know what it is with me. Oh, did I see, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me, Steve? Thank you for, you know what? I think you know why I'm calling it Ghosts in the Well? Because yeah, I'm thinking yeah, Ghosts yeah. in the Shell. Yep, yep. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's Creature in the Well. And I'm going to sit you down here. Back two years ago, like, I could not give a shit about indie games. But I don't know what has happened to me over the past two years where, man, they're getting to me. They're hitting me where I live right now. Creature in the Well, holy crap. It is a pinball meets brick breaker meets dungeon crawler. And where you're, you have, you're this little robot. And it's kind of like a reverse Horizon Zero Dawn situation. There's a robot mountain. And this thing creates your kind. And it's just stopped working. You're the last little robot. And you need to save your, your people. Are they people? I don't know. That's very philosophical. Yeah, pe- people. People has nothing to do with uh, whether you're human. People is any collection you're right. You're right. of intelligent and or deep. societal yeah. creatures. Jesus. All right. 
Well, anyway, you're here to help your little <laughs> robot friends. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and you're solving puzzles via, like, you have this little sword, but you're not using it to whack your enemies. You're actually using it to whack the orbs to hit various points to solve puzzles or to hit back at turrets or, like, to defeat these little platforming boss things. It's awesome. It's unlike any other game that I've played before. Like, it's it's completely unique. Like, the only thing that I can even just say it's the closest thing to is, like, remember when, like, you were playing the old-timey pinball machines and they had, like, quests to complete? And one of them's, like, hit hit this thing, you know, X amount of times and you'll get to the next level. That's kind of what this game feels like, but in video game action form. It is amazing. So far, it's only, I believe, on PC and Switch, but I did beg the developers to bring it on PS4. Did I bribe them with money? No. I, I, <laughs> I, I just asked politely. <laughs> and um, they said, we'll think about it. Just a quick aside. That yeah. is where I met Jean-Vive Saint-Ange Miller for the Same first here. time. And she's so nice. And you said uh, her I, name perfectly, and I can't. I'm not even going to pretend. Well, they introduced her as Genevieve. I was like, um, this is Genevieve. Yeah. This is, is Genevieve Saint-Ange oh. Miller. Um, yeah. And, you know, she, she recognized me from, because we, we had been going back and forth yeah. with, with Pop Agenda to get, like, appointments and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that is the first member of ancillary or proper kind of funny family that I you have met. To um, That's awesome, dude. We also interviewed the devs again. Yeah. You could go to the YouTube and mm-hmm. see that video. Um, and and fun fact: Andy, my co-host on mm-hmm. Nintendo Dual Screens podcast, uh, cheap plug for the fifth time. You don't um, worry. This is your job. Did, did it the fastest that they have ever seen anybody do it? That's dope, yo! Were, I was struggling yeah. so bad because I'm a stupid idiot. Like just like Andy Hans, you stupid idiot. But like I was struggling so bad. <laughs> I was struggling so bad. One time I was like, "Can you help me?" You dumb, but I, I was, what's that? I'm sorry. Maybe. I was just I was just helping you curse oh, out Andrew Hans. Stupid idiot. <laughs> he got there. He's just like his bed's pissed on. He's like, "What is this? What is this? What, what, what have I come home to?" You know? God. <laughs> This joke is a real piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, to creature in the shell. Or see what look at look what I've done. It doesn't matter. In the now, now it's just creature how it is. The now they got to change the name. <laughs> yeah, let's start a, uh, a petition. A petition. Yeah, no, but seriously, game's dope. Go pick it up, even if it's for the Switch. All right, just go do it. Heard that? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, what is your last oh, game of show? Skipping over Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 he's a guest. He's a guest. Order. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's a guest. Uh, we want to save him for last. I, guess what, friends? What's that? I got to play Control. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I got it. Uh, <laughs> I had the sticker over there to prove it, as well as a beanie. Uh, yeah, so I played Control, and probably if you've seen it on Twitter from people who have played, um, it's true. It's extremely framey. Um, it didn't run all that great um which is a shame and there wasn't really any story they kind of just hopped in and said here go play go beat up these enemies uh for 15 minutes (laughs) um and try to explore the area um and that's what i did and everything felt great i got to switch out the guns into its different modes like uh there's like a shatter mode, which is more like a shotgun uh this really cool uh concentrated laser um 
like an Uzi type thing, and then just a regular little pistol. Um, as well as there's like a Superman punch, like if you can float in the air mm-hmm. and you ho- press R three, you slam down and make. Oh, dude, I'm just gonna superhero punch everything. Yeah, I did that a bunch. <laughs> um, but I I love I loved how it felt. Um, okay. Framing framing. That's what she said. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, it's a great looking game. It's a great aesthetic. It's a great setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a little weirded, not weirded out, but a little upset that they didn't have any story elements in there to kind of like set the vibe a little right. bit. Um, and part of the demo strictly was like they had the yellow tape up, up where it said, if you go there, you will crash the demo and you will lose hmm. your playtime. So I didn't get to go there. You're not um, selling me on this game, Kyle. You're doing a real piss poor well, job. Well, listen, listen, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it felt great. Okay. Uh, they're really, the enemy variety is cool. Like, they have these weird, like, little wheelchair guys floating in the air, like, shooting projectiles at you. Okay. Which is, and um, the guy said when he handed me the controller, said, R1 is your best friend. And R1 is you can... Just grab objects that are on the ground, like a couch or part of the concrete wall, yes. and just telekinetically hold it and chuck it at your enemies. All right, that's cool stuff. Back in, yeah. Um, and then if you had L one, it creates like a, a shield of debris around you that you can then throw at your enemies once you're done with it. Um, so the yeah. powers are cool, the guns are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wish there was a little bit of story in the demo, but I'm very, very excited for, to play the full game. Okay, I'm pumped. And with that. Our last game, Steve, would you like to talk about it? Sydney Hunter and the Curse of the Mayan. Ah, Boy, this was not on our on our on our list to go see at, mm-hmm. at PAX. It was we didn't have an appointment, but I kept walking past it. And I was like, that looks really good. That looks really cool. Um, this is a NES inspired adventure game platformer. Um, it's it's got. A little bit of Metroidvania in there. It's got a little bit of. Uh, uh, it, it's just it's exploration out, out the in, uh, out the ass. Uh, essentially, the Mayan calendar explodes, separates into into five pieces. This way, I want that. On, I want that on the cover. <laughs> the Nintendo Dual Screens exploration app. <laughs> so, the the Mayan calendar yeah. splits up. The sun god is like ruining shit. And it's the and it's the five shit. days of bad luck, and okay. essentially here here's the little cover here if you can see oh it. I know a listener you don't hear it, but this they gave us, uh, and check it out. It it doesn't work, but they made oh, a that's classic so cool. NES card Yo. of it. Look at Yo, that. that's dope. Now I'm upset I didn't go there. Really, really cool. That's well, so dope. They, they, they had the boxes for sale, mm-hmm. like just the empty box. And he was like, I could do something better for you guys. So he actually gave us the uh, the cartridge. But that's awesome. um, the game is really, really fun. Like, it took me back to my living room, cr- sitting cross-legged, you know, playing a game that yeah. I randomly rented on at, at Blockbuster or, or mm-hmm. Tin Man Video, which is my local video store. Um mm-hmm. Really, really set me back uh, to that. And guess what? It's coming to PS4. It's PS4, Switch, oh Xbox, oh, the whole nine yards. Coming to everything. There you go. Um, so if you like retro gaming, if you like that, you want a new retro game, mm-hmm. look out for this thing because it played really, really well. Um, and it sounds beautiful. The music is beautiful. I uh, I, like I bet I, I beat the the first mini boss. I think I beat the first boss too. Oh, that's the other thing. All the boss battles. Or like Mega Man boss battles, so it closes awesome. the door behind you, and you have to fight 
a super powered boss like the first one you fight is like this cheetah th- god and he likes he's like bouncing off the walls he spits fire mm-hmm. and like you're like jumping over him and hitting him with you with your weapon and stuff really really cool okay um you got you got to find these like little crystals that are hidden in walls and like puzzles that that can get you more crystals and then you use those crystals to open up more doors to explore other levels so i like it keep your eyes out for it because it's going to be real real good so kyle this comes down to this comes down to the wire because my my game of the show is uh ghost in the well creature in the well creature in the well creature in the the goddamn well joe Mm -hmm. get it together i think andy's possessing me from britain and he's just like i've had enough and he's just like you know so mine's is creature in the well (laughs) what is your top pick uh, my top pick is Bloodroots. So, is the Trophy Room game of show Bloodroots by default? I mean... Because uh, here's the thing. I can go either way. Yeah. You know? I'm just I like also, that chick in college, I, you met. I'm real cool like that. <laughs> I, we we can also go where like we both had Days Gone on our list. All three of us did. Yeah. All three of us had did have Days Gone. Days Gone was really good. All right, Ben Studios, congratulations. That's how I decided it. (laughs) I'm the decider, guys. I'm the decider. With that said, with all that out of the way. Before we move on from PAX, real quick. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to give a shout-out to Robbie Bobby Miller. uh, Because we met met Robbie Bobby uh, at Mm -hmm. PAX, um, and he so graciously gave us passes for Saturday. So thank you, Robbie. Um, It was amazing to meet you, and thank you so much. That was so awesome, and you know what? We're I'll edit something out so that we. I think I'm literally at the start of the show. Okay. Because seriously, Robbie Bobby Miller, if I wasn't so caffeinated, holy crap, man! Thank you so much. You're amazing. Is seriously because of you that we came to PAX this year. Thank you so freaking much, and your friend John, I believe. Uh, I believe that's right. Yeah. Which he looked like Shawn Michaels a little bit. I wanted to tell it to him, but I. <laughs> I thought he'd be like, that's because I am. Oh, and then he like he put me in a sharpshooter. Exactly. He put me in like a fucking sharpshooter and shit. Like, I didn't want that. I didn't want any of that business. But yeah, no, thank you so much, Robbie Bobby Miller. You're just fucking awesome, dude. With all that said, and with all that out of the way, Steve, where can people find you? I'm sorry. We we kept you on super late. That's all my nah, apologies. Man, I, listen, I had a blast. I'm just going to edit some videos tonight. It's all good. Um... You can find me. I'm on Twitter at Batchild27. You can follow Nintendo Dual Screens Podcast at NDS Podcast on all your social medias. Um, if you want to join a fun Nintendo Facebook group, you can do facebook.com slash groups slash NDS Podcast and visit dualscreens.com, which is where everything lives. You can find all our socials there. And I also stream three nights a week on twitch.tv slash streams. And when I say dual, it's dual like fighting with an E. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you got anything to plug? Uh, like always, show I like to plug myself. Uh, at Ninja on Twitter and at PSN, so send me those friend requests. Uh, my show, all about the kind of funny community, uh, Best Friends Talk Funny. You can mm-hmm, find that mm-hmm. on Twitter, BFS Talk Funny. I've had Steve and Joe on, so go ahead and give those episodes a listen. I yeah, love these did. guys mm-hmm. very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I guess... I, I if I didn't have enough things to do, yeah. Uh, I, myself, uh, Kelsey, and Mike, who helped do kind of NYC, we're doing a New York City area best friend podcast called Dollar Slice Podcast. Uh, 
uh, where we'll get together and just talk about all the nerdy things. And I hope to have these guys on as a guest in the future. I would love that. And you can follow that on Twitter at Dollar Slice Pod. Awesome. And like always, you can get this podcast on, on YouTube dot com not slash bad bit games just look it up look search bad bit games on youtube you'll get there don't worry about it we just did an unboxing <laughs> for this bad boy right here the astro c40 tr how did i remember that name and not creature in the wild jesus christ joe you're losing it <laughs> and we're also going to be doing a review on that as well you can find this podcast as well on itunes google play soundcloud spotify wherever there's an rss feed you can find the show there i Listen on uh, Overcast, because it's the best goddamn app out, out there. Seriously, smart speed is game-changing. Rybo knows what I'm talking about. So with that, with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're doing that. I like that.